0: So how much do they say you have to pay and how much time do you have? Oh, no. What are you going to do? Hey, this is Michelle Spiver, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast. So listen up. Join me on the flip because we've got a wisdom skills training for the ages where we talk about how to grow your income producing muscle, a.k.a. how to create income out of thin air. Yes, I said it. I'll see you on the flip. All right, so this one is going to be deep. It's going to be real and it's going to be practical. Now, we only have a little bit of time, so let's get into it. The first thing I'm going to say is there is a muscle that you must work on that causes you to be able to grow your income and be able to create it out of thin air. So I'm going to say this because we have got to get through the types of skills, the types of thinking, and then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that you do to create this, and then we're going to finish it up with a, a few quick action steps to get you started. I can't tell you how to do everything in this time, but I'm going to try to get you to the point where you understand the basics and you have a good running start. How about that? Okay, let's get into it. So the first thing I want to say is this, is that people spend money because of two things, emotions and beliefs. If you as the person selling them something are able to influence their emotions, those emotions will feed into their beliefs. And then their beliefs are what rule their behaviors. And once those beliefs are aligned with your sales offer, they are moved to purchase. OK, so let's just get that out of the way. So, for instance, if you know that you love a Hermes bag, honey, yes, you you want a you want a, a, a Birkin or something like that. What they do is they will appeal to your emotions first. They do not talk about the leather grade. They don't talk about the wear and tear. They don't talk about the color selection. They don't talk about any of that stuff. What they do is they don't talk at all. They show you how you should feel and they future cast how you will feel based on the fact that you have this bag. So a lot of times they will show you influential people that carry the bag. They will show you the bag of a, a on the shoulder or in the hand of a a woman about business, going and doing things. And they will convey to you that your emotions say that you have a higher status. You are... Uh, an icon among the believers. You are influential when you have this bag. And because of this, it influences your belief that says, yes, I am, or I deserve this, or I believe this. And that is what propels your action to do whatever you can to work toward that bag. And then that is when you get your monies together, hook a crook, and you buy the bag. Okay. So that is how this company is able to get people to pay the equivalent of a small car up front. Isn't it funny how you'll have to try to get a finance loan for that car, but when you want that bag, you will save, scrimp, and borrow to get that bag. I'm like, okay, eleven grand, fifteen grand, and people are buying this? Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. So now that I have established that in order to create income, if you are selling something, offering services or wanting to do something, you must first learn how to appeal to people's beliefs and emotions. Well, it's emotions and then beliefs because emotions are what influence beliefs and beliefs are what propel behavior. And that's what gets people to, to move. When you can align their behavior excuse me, their belief, what you're selling, their behavior will follow. Okay. So we got that. Okay. Let's go on. I know I'm rushing through this, but like I said, we got a lot to cover and we can't be here all day. So the next thing I want to say is story is king. The shortcut to doing all that stuff I just talked about, triggering their emotions, changing their beliefs or upgrading their beliefs or changing their beliefs all come through story. Yesterday, I talked a little bit about two types of story that help you to become very innovative in the way you process. And I talked about those as being fables and parables. And the difference between the two is animals. So fables are going to have short story morals that teach you uh, insight, and they're going to use the uh, animals as characters. Whereas a parable is going to be a a short story about a moral, usually something spiritual or insightful or timeless and um, sometimes in a religious uh, uh, segment. But it's going to use a lot of metaphor and it's going to tell you about a fictitious person who did something and then this is what happened and this was the outcome. OK, and so you can use these types of stories or you can use one that's even more powerful. And that is the testimonial, whether it is yours or somebody who is attesting to what you do for them, because people love to see your journey. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about documentation over creation. And he talks about how when you take people along with you on the journey, that they feel more akin to you because you show how you're like them and you're doing it. And so people love that. People love reality shows when they, especially when they can see someone starting a task and taking them through how they started and what they ended up with, because we love that process of going through the journey with you. So story is really king. And if you can show someone that, hey, if I did this, you can do this. And if you show someone that, um, there is no reason for them to not believe that they can do it. Guess what? They buy your offer or they buy what you're selling. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is the type of person that is needed for um today to do this kind of thing. Because as we become more savvy, uh, we have more tools to vet people. And we don't give up our dollars just because, you know. Uh, Well, sometimes, but (laughs) not for the most part. And so I have talked about this over and over with regards to the way this um, podcast uh, had you know, is set up and has come to be. And you guys might already know that I have a favorite uh quote that um I basically have based this podcast on, and it's a quote from uh E.O. Wilson. And it says, We are, and this is his quote, it says, We are drowning in information while starving for wisdom. The world henceforth will be run by synthesizers. Let me say that part again the world henceforth will be run by synthesizers people able to put together the right information at the right time, think critically about it, and make important choices wisely. So now enter the synthesizers. Now I'm going to say that a lot of synthesizers are natural. They they are natural. And it took me a while to realize that I was a synthesizer and that's why I thought everybody thought the way I did. I thought everybody could see these different patterns and Thus, the way I made my money became a person who could float, uh, interview this person, do that and, and cut through all the clutter to get to the, the root of the matter and be like, okay, this is what you can do here and come up with creative solutions. And that's when people hire me, uh, whether it be in corporations or one-on-ones or authors or or entrepreneurs or whatever, that's what they're looking for. But I'm going to tell you that this is a skill. And if it's a skill, a skill can be taught as well. But let me talk a little bit more about these synthesizers. So as I've said before, creating money out of thin air in today's world works really good if you are a synthesizer because synthesizers do cut through all the clutter to get to the essence. And they use their minds in very creative ways to be able to understand how to do something in a different manner that's more effective, cost-benefit, beneficial, and uh, able for uh, people to do it where it's not convoluted and complicated. You see, that is why you look for the practicality in what us synthesizers do. Because we're like, hmm, why are you doing all of that? Why can't we try this? You know, and those types of things. And when you become a synthesizer, what you are normally doing is the very thing that EO Wilson talked about. You are taking a whole bunch of raw input. And I have talked about this over and over and over and over again on this podcast, if you've been listening. We go through a process of looking for um, the patterns. We look and see if there are any kind of symbols or archetypes. And then we look for metaphors of meaning and we look and see if there are any kind of similes that we can use to help others understand. You'll notice we say a lot of things like, we'll use the term, it's kind of like this or it's sort of like that. That's where we're using simile to help you understand what we are pulling or extrapolating out of all this raw data and all these patterns we see. A synthesizer is also going to understand the context of what they're doing better than most because they are very familiar and comfortable with seeing and spotting trends, uh, learning, waves, being able to create waves. You notice this is all the stuff I've been talking about in these podcasts. And you can go and check the waves one out in the Wisdom of the Waves uh, podcast. And we are able to do something uh, that helps people by way of uh, painting pictures, whether we paint them with words or we use infographics or whatever. And so when we synthesize, we become very well versed in how to appeal to visual thinking. Now, I'm going to just tell you really quickly because my time is passing fast. And I said, I have a lot more to talk with you about. If you want to start learning how to synthesize, one of the baby step ways I'm going to tell you to do it is go get a free mind mapping online app on your phone or on your uh, laptop and start taking ideas that you want and start learning how to mind map them. Because what it will do is it will start to teach you how to chunk How to prioritize, how to look for patterns, how to look for similarities and outliers. And it will do it in a visual way so that you will start to understand how to take that. And when you see, raw data, you'll be able to start looking for patterns and the like. Uh, Synthesizers, we love frameworks. We're able to build out a framework and, and fit things in in a chunked down manner so that it's able to be easier, easily digested. And that is why in today's world, making income out of thin air, if you are able to work on that level, then you are able to do that. Okay. But not just being a synthesizer. The next kind of person that you need to be is best if you're able to be both, but if you can't, you can do either or a storyteller. Now, y'all guess what? Not only am I a synthesizer, I'm a storyteller. I write books and stories for a living. And so, the fact that I'm able to do the synthesizing and the story has been a blessing for the last 13 years for me to be able to be self-supportive, okay? So, With the storytelling side, the storyteller is able to uh, enact a person's ability to emotionally connect. Now, I didn't say this about the synthesizer. The synthesizer is able to present someone with uh, a concept that they can believe in, that they can say, I can do this. The storyteller is able to affect a person's emotions, and if you notice, we talked about how to create income and to get people to spend, you want to affect their emotions and their beliefs. And if you can do the emotions first, the emotions will help you with the beliefs. So, a storyteller is going to uh, affect the emotions, and then the synthesizer is going to come in with a framework that helps to bolster that person's belief that they can do it because people are visual. They are. And if you can show them that if you did it or somebody else did it, they can too. They will believe and belief uh, triggers behavior and behavior triggers action and they do it. Okay. All right. So now that we've talked about storytellers and synthesizers. The next thing I want to talk about is some of the things that you can do. So say for instance, you're like, Michelle, that's all well and good. I am neither one of those, but I know I need to make some money. (laughs) Okay. So this is the first thing I'm going to tell you. So this is where my synthesizer stuff kicks in. Okay. So y'all ready? Let's get it. So the first thing you want to do is you want to not build a better mousetrap. Don't nobody care. If you are an author and I'm about to do a live training with authors on how to write and sell to market and they're going to be upset when I tell them, don't nobody want to buy your book. Quit trying to sell, trying to use a book to sell a book. Don't do that. What you want to do is instead of trying to build a better story, a better book, a better mousetrap, a better this or a better that you want to look for a new opportunity. You want to look for an innovative way. You want to look for a pattern interrupt. You want to look for something that says, hmm, but you want it to be similar enough for people to be willing to uh, do it because you don't want just a small subsect of, of adventurous early adapters. If you're needing to make a lot of money, so you can't go too far out, but you want it to be far out enough for people to be like, "Yeah, I can get with this." And so, uh, what that opportunity would look like is this, and I'm gonna have to use it from my um, book publishing because that's that's where my mind is right now on the um, course I'm working on. So, Kindle, the e-reader, is the in, the new opportunity. That came in instead of having to have all of these hardback and paperback books because books take up space. They take up real estate. And last time I checked, books do not help you pay a mortgage or a rent. And if you love books, a lot of times you have to have an entire room. There is a famous um, uh uh, thought leader here in Atlanta, Dr. Dennis Dennis, Doctor Dennis Kimbro, and he used and I, I was able to talk to him a few times, and he told me he said if you want to look at what the rich value, you'll notice that um, in people in people's homes where they're rich, they have a library, and he said in people's homes where they are not rich, they have an entertainment room, and I thought about that, and I was like and at the time kindle was just coming out and i had all these books in my garage cuz i didn't have space in my in my house for a library and so i proudly told him i said i have a library he was like good i was like it's on my kindle and i um am working to get as many of my books in digital format as possible and he was like wow that's innovative that's what he said and so new opportunities help another case in point was when the um itunes um uh, Came, came out so before we had cassettes, we had um DVDs and uh CDs and all of that. We even had all of these uh CD things that would hold up to like 250 songs. But when that little iTunes thing came out, I, I'm just calling it iTunes thing because I can't remember the proper name of it, a nano or something like that. He was like, This is a new opportunity. He was like, This you will be able to hold a whole bunch more and there's no CD or DVD involved. And it was a new opportunity and people were excited about it. And so- People like new opportunities because new opportunities break their pattern. They get, they put everybody on a pl- even playing field where it's not where you're reminded that you were stupid because you couldn't make the previous work or whatever. It's like everybody gets to reset and start from zero and experience the new opportunity. And people love that. The next thing is, and this is, and we're still talking about if you want to figure out how to put something together that people will be willing to give you money for, where you can create. Okay, So the next one is to look at addiction. And when I say addiction, I am not talking about addiction of smoking and those types of things. I am talking about people's pain points. And when I say pain points, that includes pleasure. I used to look at it as pain and pleasure, but we generally get to the point where we're always just really trying to avoid as much pain as possible. And if we can separate ourselves enough from that pain, it's counted as pleasure. So if you look at the pain points of things that people are dealing with that they can't seem to stop, then that's a good eye, a good area. So for instance, there are some mandatory things that we hate, but we pay for each month. Like for instance, um, some of the companies that are brilliant at doing this uh, in the past have been your telephone, your cable or satellite, you know, those types of things. Now, I am not talking about utilities because, yes, we know we have to pay utilities, you know, for the most part. But I'm talking about those things that there is a pain if you don't pay for them. There's a pain of loss of convenience, but there's a pain that you have to pay for them. You're like, what in the world? How did I get addicted to my TV? How did I get addicted to having a phone bill or a cell phone bill? And so, Look and see in those areas if there is a way for you to either enter into that area or make a new one. And when I say make a new one, people are doing it every day. For instance, uh, new companies, uh, especially in the cosmetics and the food industry, are doing this where they have boxes that come to you, subscription boxes. They come to you every month and you get to the point where it becomes less expensive to uh just subscribe to the boxes of the larger samples of stuff than it does to just go and try to buy stuff, you know, for your use. And for a lot of people, whether you believe it or not about the makeup, makeup is part of a person's uniform in a lot of situations. And so it's part of their expense For doing business. And so people who have developed these monthly subscription boxes, they are making a killing and they are becoming part of this addiction kind of situation where they're able to wedge themselves in and you you get to the point where you you have to pay it because it's pain if you don't. Think about if your phone gets cut off for non-payment. You scramble to do any and everything you can because that phone is an umbilical cord to your life, and it's not just about entertainment. Oh no, that phone helps you to do your daily business. It keeps you connected to your, um, to your bank account, to your email, to your job, to everything, your text messages, and all of that. It is a walking electric, uh, electronic assistant to you, and so people do what they can to make sure they pay for this. Where this might not have is have been in existence a few years ago. So looking at those areas. Okay, the next one is when you look at um, the areas that you're going to, to go into, it's a good thing to see if there are some competitors already there. Now, I used to think everybody knew this, but I'm going to just say this really quickly. Look for new opportunity that hopefully has some type of addiction to try to avoid pain around it. And there are going to be three main areas that you can focus on. And we've touched on a few of them. That is going to be health, wealth, and um, love, And so with health, that's self-explanatory. Wealth is self-explanatory and wealth does include career and all of that. And love is going to be anything that's social, uh, anything that's romantic, friendship, uh, status, all of those things. So um, there are some crossovers. So health, wealth, and love, believe it or not, you can get a crossover between wealth and love with fashion. Because it's a status, it helps people to get better jobs or maintain their jobs or whatever. But it also is something that appeals to people who want to have uh, relationships with a certain social class or social group. And so you can find a lot of different sub, sub, sub classes under those three. OK, so in my last few minutes, because I'm feeling rushed, but I do want to make sure I, I I cover these things. And that is that what you are looking to do when you are creating whatever it is you're going to offer, you're going to be a synthesizer and these synthesizers. And this is the point that I want to make at this point. If you can't think of anything else of how to cl- cut through the clutter to get to the essence so that you can change somebody's belief, focus on solving one problem with one solution. One problem with one solution. And if you can solve that and put it out in a way that removes the most amount of friction from that person being able to get and consume your solution, they will pay you. Whether you put it in a PDF, whether you make an app on their phone for it, or whether you set up a website and you take them through a journey, Uh, whether you do a diagnostic of a survey and then give them an answer for what the problem is, just make it where it is um, the least amount of hurdles that they have to go, um, go over to get to it. And then this is the next thing. When you are putting together something to create income out of thin air, remember this, you will set yourself up nicely if what it is you're doing moves people to increase or better their status. If people feel like dealing with your information will cause them to fail, will cause it to be too hard, or will cause them to feel like they've been scammed, that is equa- That equates to them feeling like their status has been downgraded because they weren't able to succeed. So build stuff in a way that that, em- that storyteller in you can tell the story and show them, if I can do it, you can do it. Or if other people can do it, you can do it. And appeal to their emotions to build up their belief so that they will be able to do it. And then, the next thing is, and I know I'm throwing a lot at y'all, but I wanted to make sure I get got this out to you. The next thing is, don't try to do huge things off the rip. Start with one problem, one solution uh, situations, get them out and understand this. He or she who has the most buy buttons wins. Your goal is to get a buy button out there attached to a service a good, a a solution of some sort where people will be happy, happy to give you money. And this is going to be predicated around the idea that this came from your thought. This came from your ability to synthesize and then to be able to create a, a, a story. A parable, fable, however you want to call it, a journey, a quest to get people to understand that if you could do it or somebody you know could use it, do it, they can too. And being able to have that ability to have recurring income is what's going to help you. Now, in the last few minutes that I have here, I want to just talk a a little bit um, around the concept of money flow when you are an entrepreneur, when you're trying to make money. Your goal is not to amass a whole bunch of money. You don't want to stockpile a whole bunch of money. When you're starting out, please listen to this and understand that you want to embrace money flow. And when I talk about money flow, what I mean is this. You want to have money coming in so that you can then use some of that money to pay for advertising to get more people in, and you don't want to just try to hoard it all and be like, oh, or whatever, because I want you to understand this. Oh, also, most people that are going to interact with you have and have wages and wages come in on a regular basis. If they got paid on the 1st and the 15th of this month, if they keep their job, there's a pretty good, uh, pretty good probability that they're going to get paid again. And so just like they have recurring, you need to look at how your money comes in as recurring. And that means you're going to set it up in a different way. You're going to set up a way for you to do something one time and then get paid for it continuously. Whether that is by having what we would call an evergreen product that can be sold all the time, uh, you know, as a one-time product, but it will be sold all the time to different people, or you have some type of subscription, some type of membership, or you have some type of royalties, whether it be music or book, you want to have recurring income because you need to understand money is flow and you have to be willing to have money flowing in and out as well. And understand that money does sometimes start and stop. And if you ever get to a flow problem, you need to do whatever you can to prime the pump and start flowing by pushing money out um, into um, building your business again and getting people to come in, okay? And so understanding that money is flow, then you can understand that money loves flow. Money loves to move. It hates to stop and start. It hates ebbs and flows. You must give it as many opportunities and avenues as possible to flow toward you, with the knowledge and acceptance that you will allow it to continue to move. Yes, you'll be able to keep some of it. Yes, you will, you will get profits and, and all of those types of things, but do not make the mistake that a lot of people make that I'm going to do this and then no more don't stop your money flow. And that once you've started making a little money, that's when you start getting into the concept of it takes money to make money. Not necessarily on the beginning, but when you want to start escalating and growing it. So we only got a few seconds. What I want to encourage you to do is start uh, exercising your synthesis bone I want you to do a scan of your environment and see if there is anything that you are able to look at break through the cl- clutter to see the essence and then figure out if there is a solution to a problem that no one seems to be solving or if they're solving it there's a better, new opportunity way to solve it. Once you do that, I want you to go back and look at your story and get your story ready to align with the good emotions that will affect the belief systems of the people that you're going to sell to. And remember, you want to find a new opportunity instead of an improvement. Look in areas that are associated with addiction, pain addiction and trying to avoid that addiction, and then look for those products that will help increase somebody's status. Remember the Birkin bag? That's an aspirational product because people who get that bag uh, aspire to be in the upper tier, the upper echelons of society, and they will do just about anything to try to get that bag. And make sure whatever you do, it has good money flow to it. It has many buy buttons and many opportunities for recurring income residuals and royalties and the like. So, yep, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to uh, share, like, comment, and consider supporting the podcast. Check the show notes for more ways to do so and contact me and I'll see you tomorrow.